The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this episode of Mule Talk, it's episode number four, we're bringing back Nathan Medcalf of Rockin' NT Mules, and he's from Waddell, Arizona. And we have been dispelling mule myths. And Nate, I want to welcome you back on coming back on. Thank you for having me, Cindy. I appreciate it. Hey, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us because we have been really doing well with our discussion on dispelling myths on mules and donkeys. So these MythBuster episodes are, are really good. Um, hey, did you have a good birthday? You know what? I did. It was, it was really nice. Um, couldn't have asked for a better one. Good. Yeah, my birthday was a couple of weeks ago. And that means that we are Sagittarius. That means we're half man, half horse, and we carry a weapon. Did, well, did, did, there did, you have it. <laughs> I didn't know if you thought of it like that, but... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but now that you said it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's we are spot on. Okay, let's see. Let's talk about, I don't know where this came from, but I've heard this before, that mules and horses won't buck if you have a broom handle clamped under their tail. And... <laughs> to put this broom handle under my mule's tail. I, I just, where? I gotta start by saying, I've never heard that. Well, where does this stuff come from? I mean. Oh, man. I, um, yeah, that, that, that's a good one. That I tell you what. One. Yeah, I, 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 wow. I, I guarantee <laughs> you, if you put a broom handle under my mule's tail, she will buck. I mean, I, I just, so, I, I don't even so, know. So the, the way that you understood that is, is that the entire broom handle or is it a piece of it that gets clamped? Just, just a piece of it. If you clamp it under their tail. So it's like, I guess they're like holding on to it. I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> so, so I, yeah. I take it. I, I read a lot, but. Well, I, I, I take it. That, that's, that's, that's a good one. And <laughs> so, one. so, so in <laughs> other words, you don't use broom handle training with your mules. Broom handles out there are to. Mules won't colic. Of course, um, there are cases of colic, you know, that do occur. Yeah, and and, and they do, they and, and they will. And you know, I I've got a couple thousand in vet pills that'll dispel that myth. Um, but no, they, they will colic. Um, you know, uh, I'm not a vet, and I never claim to be. But you know, I mean, we've had our own mules that that have colic, and we know people that have mules that have colic, and. You know, I, I think when you <laughs> when you look at it from just a you know like a thirty thousand foot view, when you're talking about colic, it's it's just a categorize it as abdominal pain. Oh yeah. You know, and, and and I mean, there's so many different things that can fall under that. But I, you know, I, 
I, I, I've definitely seen it happen. I hate to say this, but I think some people that that think mules are so hardy and you know and and they're such you know excellent hybrids, and they are, um, but they tend to kind of overdo it, like uh, expose them to a lot harsher things that lowers that threshold when it comes to you know the colic and everything. <laughs> the way I kind of look at it, and, and conversation I had with my vet is. Um, you know, they are a hybrid animal, and, you know, being half donkey, of course, they, you know, as far as the colic is concerned, I think it's a lot harder to diagnose on a mule um, if it's mild ah. than, it would, than it would be on, on, on a horse simply because of, how, you know, on what you talked about. I mean, I think they're a lot more stoic. I think they, I think they hold on to pain a lot lot longer and don't let it show itself you know until it's like really bad um so and and i think that's kind of where just off the top of my head i think that's kind of where that whole thing comes from you know as far as you know mule not, not colic and 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 that but you know they're just as susceptible to it um i mean they can, can have an owner that abruptly changes their feet you know they can have a parasite problem um Lack yeah. of water, sand, you sure. know, sand in their in their intestines, um, you know, stress, dental problems, all of that stuff that you would see cause colic in 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 horse um, can happen to a mule. I I think you're you really hit it when you said that they're more stoic and they tend to tolerate pain, you know, and and, and then by the time you discover it, you know, it's really escalated. That's that's pretty interesting. I think that's very accurate. Too, in a, in a training aspect, I mean, it doesn't even really have to do with with colic in general, but just overall. I mean, if you and I see a lot, you know, with with like bad fitting saddles, you know, where where you have one that you know is kind of questionable on fit, and they, you know, the people keep right, 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 and, and you know, it, it hurts, it hurts, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, they just can't take it anymore and boom there you go and i think that just kind of falls in line with with how they're built yeah wow here's another one mules will kill your calves um, you know you take, you take this zoo that we got here i mean <laughs> you've got donkeys mules horses calves <laughs> you know everybody is just kind of kind of there um so, so you're like one big happy family. Uh, on most days. <laughs> <laughs> There's those other days where, oh man, it's like it's like a daycare. But um, again, you gotta you gotta kind of look at you know how how they're built. Um, I think, and again, this is just my opinion on it. I think it, you know, you look at people with with donkeys um, that you know they they tend to use. You know the donkey as as a, a guard for for livestock and, and stuff like that. And I think I think in that in that situation, I think it more has to do with protect protecting territory than it does um, you know livestock itself. Because you know, I mean, I we've got a mix of mules here that you know some of them could care less about dogs. Yeah. And there's a couple that that really you know, probably sure. do some damage to one if sure. you let it. You know, but I, don't, I never think it's the intent for a mule to, you know, go out and kill a calf or go out and harm anything else. I, I think, 
you know, when they get comfortable in their environment and something new is introduced, I think they protect their territory. Um, you know, case in point, you know, we had a, a neighbor back over here that had a had a big pot-bellied pig and a, uh, I think it was a black lab, and they both got out and ended up in our pasture. And out of all those mules, only one of them actually went after the pig. You know, everybody else just, everybody else just sat around and looked at it. Um, you know, like, okay. <laughs> so... Um, and it's hard, and I'm not saying there haven't been mules, and, and I've, you know, I've seen people that have used goats and stuff to, to keep their horses company and stuff like that, and I've seen horses attack those goats, too. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily certain that there is a right or wrong answer to it, but, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's in their nature to, to purposely do that. I'm, I'm with you on that because uh i think i've only had one meal in my experience that didn't care for dogs um but all the rest of them just you know they just kind of look at them and they get them figured out and then we're just you know that's it here's another one a mule doesn't have heart like a horse doesn't have heart right i i don't know where these come from <laughs> i yeah i don't i don't either and me in the way i look at that I don't think you're going to find an animal out there that has more heart than it. I you know? agree. Um, I agree. Because when you, you know, when, when you're talking, you know, when you're talking just everyday stuff, you know, you're talking trail riding, you're talking, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about racehorses and, and, you know, things like that. And, and I'm not going to take that away from them. I mean, there's a lot of really good performance horses out there and they do have a lot of heart. You know, what do you get to define it as? You know, is it, is it there, if you're looking at it from, you know, pound for pound, which one's going to last longer when you're out in the mountains? I'm going to take the mule all day long. You bet. You know, um, you know, performance-wise, you know, I mean, that could go either way. But I, I think, you know, going back, I think it all just kind of goes back to how that mule was trained. How was it brought up? How was it raised? You know, was it given a fair chance, you know, in, in, in his training process? You know, or was he forced through everything? Was he shut down completely? No, nah, you get a horse or a mule in that situation, they're gonna, neither one of them is going to have much heart left in them because they weren't trained right. Yeah. You know, the yeah. people have taken all their confidence and everything away from them through the entire process. You know, to say that they have no heart, I, I just, I could never agree with that. Here's one. Mules are lazy and have no personality. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? This is going to be a short interview, I know. <laughs> because <laughs> no, I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> and you, you've been so good to, to help educate us on, you know, these myths. Isn't that something? People just come up with this stuff. And here's another one about carrying weight. It's it, it's not possible to overload a mule. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you know, some people just really you know, heavy riders or they put a heavy load on a, a smaller mule and, you know, they just think that that's okay, you know, and it's really not giving them a chance to balance your weight. Right. You know, especially when you look at it from, like, from a packing standpoint, mules are strong. I mean, they really are. I mean, pound for pound, they are, you know, they're <laughs> They're not weak animals. Um, you know, when you look at it from, from like carrying the load versus the rider, you know, I think, I think people have that thought kind of backwards. And when, when you're packing a mule and you got something on it, that's dead weight. Right. 
I mean, it is dead. It is tied on hard and fast. And it is there. It's not, it's not moving versus a rider. You know, you can help that deal, you know, when you're on it. Sure. And so, you know, I think, I think people kind of interchange those two back and forth and it's like, okay, you know, well, yes and no. I mean, you look at, you look at professional packers and, and I mean, they, they've got, they've got a set weight limit on, on what, on what they'll put those mules through, you know, good case, good case for that. Look at the, look at the mules running down the Grand Canyon. You can't be more than 180 pounds. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you with, know, for and, good reason too. So, you know, so I mean, to, to say that, I think, I think more education needs to be had, put out there and, and conversations and, Things like that because I mean you can you can darn sure hurt one if you overload it whether whether it be with a packer or you know with a, with a writer. Very well said. Um, here's one more: mules won't lope or canter. Where does that come from? <laughs> I think it comes from what we talked about. I think it was on the last one: lightness and resistance to cues. Oh yeah. Through that training process and. This where you see people get in trouble with mules is that, you know, when, when you're teaching them something, it has to make sense to them. You have to break it down into, into small enough chunks so they can digest it and they understand exactly what you want. And I see a lot of people up there that get on and, and, and they, try, they you know, try to get them to go up into a canner and they're just, just gigging the side of this mule, you know, to get him to go, get him to go. And their timing and the release of that is way off. And so the mule is not understanding what, what that is. So they start getting, you know, as we talked about, they start getting dull to those cues. And so I, I think that's where a lot of that comes from. You yeah. know, I think it's just it's the whole training process. You know, you're right about that. I think that's more what that is. is if, if, Think about it for a minute. Just, I mean, kind of a little bit off topic, but on topic. If you watch a mule out in the pasture, you got two or three of them, doesn't matter however many. They already know how to do all of this stuff that we're trying to ask them to do. Right. They know how to turn right. They know how to turn left. They know how to stop. They know how to trot. They know how to run. They know how to camp. They, know, they already know how to do all that stuff. So if they already know how to do all that stuff, then then where does the fault lie? It lies with us and how we're asking it and how we're trying to get it to make it make sense to them. So, you know, so I always say, if you have a problem getting a mule to do something, start with yourself, look at yourself, see how you're asking it, and can you adjust? So well said. And I want to thank you again for coming on. And I'm sorry if I tortured you with these silly questions. It was good. It was good. No, I mean, they're not silly. I mean, if it's out there, it's out there. You yeah, know? <laughs> well, it's out there because I found them. Uh, <laughs> you gotta talk about it. <laughs> All right. So if people want to find you, you're rocking in team meals and you're on Facebook. What is your phone number? 623-692-8600. Thank you for your time. We'll talk again. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. The spirit of the Wild West lives on in my latest book, Desperados of the Wagons West Expedition. I rode with descendants of notorious outlaws, mule skinners, horse thieves, brothel workers, and Texas rangers that gathered at the Embar Ranch in Reserve, New Mexico. And so I documented their story. This is a modern day dime store novel published by Every Cowgirl's Dream. It's captivating and exciting to read. It's available at everycowgirlsdream.com 
Amazon Books, and other participating outlets. Giddy up and get your copy today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. 